Coming up, SeaWorld names a new CEO, tickets for the Orlando Eye on International Drive are getting set to go on sale, and Planet Hollywood Hotel is coming to Orlando, and let's hope it is better than the restaurant. All that coming up next. From the Disneyland Resort in Anaheim, California, this is the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged, episode 792 for the week of March 24th, 2015. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming to you from our suite at the Disneyland Hotel in Anaheim, California, I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined in the suite this week by <laughs> my good friends, Tom Bell. Hello. Michael Bowling. Hey there, hi there, ho there. Will Perry. Hello. Our producer, Dustin West. I am also here. Uh, Jenny Lynn Knopp. Hey, everyone. Kathy Whirling. Hi, everyone. And of course, the inimitable Corey Patrick Martin. Hello. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, th- this week, folks, we are obviously out in Disneyland and we are uh, recording our show. It's uh, Sunday, the 22nd of March, and uh, this will go up on Tuesday. For those of you that uh, watch on, you know, uh, normally watch on YouTube, um, you're going to be disappointed this week because we don't have a video show to go up. Um, we're thinking about just posting this audio show with some pictures and stuff on YouTube just for that purpose. But um, yeah, we're, you know, Dustin brought out uh, the audio equipment and we set up here. We got a, a very nice, uh, very nice suite here at the at the Disneyland Hotel, so can fit everybody. It's really it's a good size too because mm-hmm. we've got what two, four, six, eight people in here. Oh, yeah, it's holding us, and Perfect. we could have we could fit, fit more. So it's really kind of kind of cool. Um, so uh, just some housekeeping. Uh, Want to remind everyone about uh, the other shows we have going up this week. Um, and this time I get I have Tom Bell, the host of the Disneyland edition <laughs> I, of the Disney to send in an email right here, so he can tell us what is coming up on his show this week. Oh, this week I have a review of another Good Neighbor Hotel, the Tropicana Inn, and Mary Jo Mulatto Willie takes a trip to Catalina Island. And you left her there. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I would never do that. Now, if you ever meet Mary Jo. And you want to get a rise out of her, just comment about how small the castle is here. She gets so upset. It's so fun to watch. Tom also gets a little upset. I was going to say, I think that's common for the people in California. Yeah, they're a little sensitive. They, 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 they've got, by surprise. They've got, well, size, I mean, they, I, they've got size issues. No, I, I think it's the Disneyland folks have a lot of pride in their park. Of course they do. Oh, yeah. Of course. And if, I got to tell you that, you know, while we've been here, they've been on, they've been working on the castle and yes. making some change it looks absolutely it gorgeous yeah. i know some of the disneyland folks are you know a little concerned with some of the changes but just from my my perspective i think it looks absolutely gorgeous i, I love the shiny blue tiles yeah mm-hmm. i agree yeah, i think they should nice. keep it there yeah. looks nice i mean the whole resort looks great and they're getting everything ready for the 60th so um, Exciting times coming up, and uh, actually, we'll, you know, well, when this goes live, your show will already be up. But correct, we're all going to be on Tom's show this week. Yes. So, yay! Yeah. Um, 
And uh, so that goes up uh, Monday. That'll go out live tonight. Go out live uh, Sunday night, 8 p.m. Pacific, and then on iTunes on Monday. Our segments will go out iTunes on Tuesday. Right. And uh, then on uh, Wednesday, we have The Trip with Jenny Lindop and Teresa Eccles going live 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Yes, we do. It is com. And Jenny Lynn, do you, have you figured out yet what, you, what you're doing this week? <laughs> nope. This, ag, this, this, this trip through kind of How threw, to survive jet lag. <laughs> yeah, something like that. I don't know. Um, this trip kind of threw a wrench in uh, the planning. In the whole production, I don't know what I was thinking having the team coming back on I mean the, to do what we're doing I guess we had no choice but to come back on Tuesday because we have to cover seven resorts this week and uh, we just did our sixth one today the Hojo Anaheim uh, tomorrow's our last one the Hilton uh, the Hilton Anaheim is it the Hilton Anaheim or just like the Hilton Anaheim Hilton Anaheim Hilton yeah. you know it's Hilton and Anaheim put them together any way you want that, that's the hotel um so we're doing that tomorrow, which is Monday, and then we're flying home Tuesday. I don't get into late Tuesday night, but uh, the next day, we're and be next day, bright and early, bright and early, we're gonna have the trip. We're doing something. <laughs> you can talk about planning a trip to Disneyland. Yeah, there you go. We could if we weren't stepping on the other people's toes with all the shows about Disney. No, I don't know. We'll talk about it. We'll figure it but out so, one way or the other. There will be a show. On Wednesday with Jenny Lynn and Teresa. They don't know what they're going to talk about. That just makes it more exciting. Uh, and then, of course, on Thursday, DizUnplugged.com, 1 p.m. Eastern, the Universal Edition of the Diz Unplugged with uh, Craig Williams, Jenny Lynn Knopp, Rhino Clavin, and uh, Julie. Will Julie be there this week? I'm sure. She's going to need time out of the house because <laughs> Corey has stuck her alone with the children for eight days. So oh, yeah. He's he's literally been saying, okay, I've really got to go do some shopping for my wife because I owe her. I do. <laughs> so um, that uh, that is this uh, this Thursday, and uh, this is a new show for them this week. So they'll be talking about whatever is topical and relevant. It is. I got to be honest with you. It's really nice not having the cameras. <laughs> It really, I didn't have to worry about shaving. I didn't have to worry. <laughs> We're about sitting it. here in our boxer shorts. We're, We're just all having yeah. bad hair days. <laughs> We're just sitting here kind of lounging. Welcome to our world. <laughs> it's especially nice for me. This has been a pretty easy setup. This today. was an easy setup, yeah. yeah. I don't have yeah. to, you know, turn everything on. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, last week, uh, last week's show, uh, we, uh, we didn't go out live. We pre recorded because we were heading out here. And, uh, you know, it was interesting because I posted, uh, after we did that show, I posted on my Facebook page that, um, you know, I I felt just not going out live, it was more comfortable for me. And uh, I think for everybody, and I thought we had a particularly funny show. And uh, there had been some commentary, some feedback on the Diz Unplugged forum on disboards.com. Someone had posted that she felt that the show had lost something since we went live. And we've heard that from other people. And, you know, my I'll, I'll be honest, my initial reaction was to dismiss that saying, no, I mean, you know, we've got a great audience. I mean, our audience has grown exponentially since we went live. And um, so I kind of dismissed it. I, I'll be honest. I kind of dismissed the feedback. And then after doing that show last week, I said, you know what? She may have something. She may have something because I felt entirely even sitting here doing this now. Yeah. I just feel much more relaxed. And 
you know, I, I don't know. So I put something on my Facebook page asking people what they thought. And I've got to be honest, there was a significant amount of feedback saying they would prefer if we went pre-recorded. Yeah, but we also, the, the YouTube comments that have been coming in from that particular episode, a lot of people saying how funny it was or, you know, great show. Yeah, I kind of, you know, so I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. I'm, because, you know, at the end of the day, we have a good size live audience. We have an audience of, you know, anywhere from five to 700 people that watch the show live every Tuesday. Um, but of course, the vast majority of people watch it, you know, not live. So it doesn't matter to them whether it's pre-recorded or not. Um, I don't know. I think there's something with you feeling less pressure when you don't feel like Big Brother's watching. Right. I, yeah, I understand that. I understand that. But there is also an energy to doing the live show that is very unique. And so, you know, people were suggesting that maybe once a month we do something live and that, you know, pre-record the rest or something like that. So we're, we're thinking about it. We're thinking about it. Um, and that'll teach me to, that'll teach me to summarily dismiss honest feedback like that. And I normally don't do that. Normally I'm really good with that, but that one, I think I just, I think my pride was hurt a little bit. Um, and you know, I, I didn't, I didn't want to acknowledge that that may be true, but it was there in the back of my head. I, I didn't, I guess, I guess I didn't dismiss it completely because it was there in the back of my head. And then we recorded that show. I'm like, yeah, there might be something to that. So who knows? We may, may just go back to pre-recording and then everybody can show up looking like pigs. No. And then after the, <laughs> we go back to pre-recording, we'll just go back to audio only. And then no, we'll go back no, to your, no, 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 and then we'll no, just no. go back to recording on your kitchen too table. Much money. I spent too much money on equipment. We are not going back to audio only. That I can promise you. I don't care what the feedback is. We are, there is going to be a video version of this show as long as I'm alive. I agree. Yeah, <laughs> Dustin's like I know. put a lot of work in. That. Really, Dustin pretty much set that studio up single handedly. So. Um, also, uh, now, uh, Craig Williams has been out here with us, uh, but Craig had to leave this morning uh, because uh, one of his Christmas presents from his parents was a, a concert, a, a Fleetwood Mac concert that he has to go to tomorrow. He's going his own way. He's going his own <laughs> way. Oh, isn't that cute? I see what you did there. Mm. So um, he gets bonus points because it's Fleetwood Mac, and he's 28, and so that's cool that he's a, an appreciator of classic rock. Um and Rhino Clavin is also uh, out here with us, but uh, we we dispatched him into California Adventure to do some stuff for us. So that's where he is right now, and he's out. And I got to tell you, it it has been. I really wish we had been recording some of his reactions. <laughs> well, to yeah, things. this was his first trip. Right, this is his first time out here. And the other night, I thought I was going to choke him because he would not shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, would not shut up. But we'll get to that. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> we'll get to that a little later on. But it was funny. It's been funny to watch his uh, his reaction to it. I've never seen someone more enthusiastic about his first visit. Oh yeah. Than than yeah. It's Ryan. really it, it's really when it's not obnoxious, it's very cute. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was also midnight. <laughs> midnight, and he he said he'd had a drink before, and apparently he can't hold his liquor because if one drink makes him yammer like that. Um, but now it's uh, it's cool. But uh, I don't have a lot for housekeeping, actually, this week. Other I, than, oh, ahead. sorry. I was just going to mention, I think it's, it's also Will's first time out here as well. It is Will's first time, but Will hasn't been yammering on like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm trying to uh, 
not sound like an idiot <laughs> in front of everyone. <laughs> Although he did an amazing Yoda impression earlier, <laughs> yeah. earlier still, today. Still talking about the Yoda. <laughs> You're never going to live it down. You know me. I have to grab onto those things and like beat them into the ground for three years. I'm like Disney with Frozen. <laughs> <laughs> grab onto it and beat it into, into the ground. Um, yeah, it's Will's first time out here. Jenny Lynn, it's like your first time out here, but... It, it, it is my second time out here, but it feels like my first time. Because you, yeah, the last time you were out here, you were working quite the a bit. The last time I was out here, I was working a lot on um, doing filming stuff. So I was doing a lot of running around from spot to spot and talking and making everything look really good, but experiencing very little. So this time has been really nice because I've actually got to take some time, enjoy myself, it's it's been a little strange because I've done things here that I know that I did the last time I was here, but it feels like the first time because there was so much I didn't take in because I was distracted by the, the production, job. yeah, yeah, by the production part of what I was doing. Right. So this has been so enjoyable for me. I've loved every minute. Have you gone down the monorail slide yet? No, because I <laughs> forgot my bathing suit. How dumb is that? Forgot my bathing suit. I hear they have a special at Roxy for. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm skipping on that one. (laughs) So, all right. Well, we're going to talk about our, you know, just kind of talk about what we've been doing this week a little later on in the show. But uh, unless anybody else has anything for housekeeping, I put in a quick plug for Coasting for Kids. Sure, please do. Coasting for Kids, June seventh at Cedar Fair, eleven different Cedar Fair parks across the country. Great fundraiser for Give Kids the World. Um, We have so far thirty-two dizzers signed up. At eight, eight different Cedar Fair parks, uh, Mary Jo and I will be at Knott's Prairie Farm here in Buena Park, and we have, um, like I said, Dizzer signed up at seven other parks. How many did you have last year? We had 34, so we're very, very close. And last year, we raised over $7,000. I'm hoping we double that this year. Awesome. Yeah. Should be fun. Yeah. All right. Anything else for housekeeping? All right. Then we will move on to the news. Our first news story this week, SeaWorld names a new CEO. Joel Manby has been named chief executive officer for SeaWorld, effective April 7th. Jim Acheson stepped down as CEO uh, on January 15th. David Alessandro has been filling in since then and will continue on as chairman. The 55-year-old Manby has experience running theme parks with a background as CEO of Hershend Enterprises, owner of Dolly Parton's Dollywood, and the Harlem Globetrotters basketball team. Now, there's an interesting mix. Um, Manby said, the, co- the company has tremendous brands, and for more than 50 years, families have come to our parks to learn about animals, have fun, and be entertained. We are known for our exceptional operations and world-class animal care. My job is to build on that foundation while consistently improving and innovating in a competitive environment. I look forward to working with our more than 23,000 team members through the challenges ahead. And I'm interesting that he mentions the challenges yeah. that he has coming. So, so Atchison takes the fall? Oh, no question. Yeah. I mean, he took, yeah, no, there was no yeah. question. And uh, you know what? I got to be honest, rightfully so. Rightfully so. It was the, the response to Blackfish. There was no response to Blackfish. Well, that is precisely yeah. my point. Yeah. That, that has to, you know, that has to fall on the chief. And so, you know, it's sad that anybody has to lose their job. But, um, you know, it's interesting because, you know, as, as this piece mentions, uh, Hershen's, you know, probably their biggest, uh, their biggest property is Dollywood. Uh, never having been there, uh, I'm not sure, you know, 
how that rates among theme parks. I know it's very popular. People that have been there that I've talked to have loved it. Um, but, you know, this is a step up. This is a step up. Um, and he's not just going to a much larger, much higher profile theme park environment. He's coming into a very hostile theme park environment and that's not going to yeah. be that's not going to be easy he no, he's right out do. there on the limb he's he's got to sink or swim on this one exactly exactly so i'm i'm curious to see how that's how that's going to work and what he's going to do uh my guess would be that he is going to need to do something big and bold very soon so he he's gonna have to He's going to have to put a big shot out there to start turning, stemming the to stem the bleeding mm-hmm. of what's happening because you know you talk about SeaWorld having a million fewer visitors through the turnstiles last in their last fiscal year. That is catastrophic. That's not you know we were seeing some numbers, you know previously that you know it was they were definitely taking a hit, but it looked like it was starting to abate, but apparently not. A million fewer visitors through the turnstiles for any theme park. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Disney. Somebody's going to lose their job over that. Mm-hmm. And so it's a big deal. It's a big deal. This guy has a big job ahead of him. I wish him nothing but the best. I, you know, anybody who listens to the show know, knows I am a big fan of SeaWorld. I think this Blackfish nonsense that was a hit job. It was a hit job done by people with an agenda and a very, very casual relationship with honesty. Um, and as far as I'm concerned, uh, you know, SeaWorld does great work. And, you know, the, we can have the argument. We can have the debate about whether or not killer whales should be in captivity. But if you can't make that debate and that argument honestly and with some integrity, then you don't really have a very strong argument to make. And, you know, this was a PETA hit job. That's all it was. This is a domestic terrorist organization that did it, that did a hit job on this company. And I really hope Joel Manby can turn things around. I wish him nothing but the best. Um, but, you know, here's hoping. How does this, how, how, how has this affected SeaWorld out here? Because it seems like SeaWorld in Orlando has definitely taken the uh, uh, a big hit. Has it had the same impact out here? Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, their numbers have gone down, definitely. Well, this is also like PETA Central out here. I yes, mean, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I mean, we, we saw legislation last year trying to be passed to ban killer whales and to ban the type of um, you know animal demonstrations specifically that SeaWorld does. But now that our speaker of the Senate is our state speaker of the Senate is from San Diego, that's been tabled, and right. we'll probably not see the light of day. But um, yeah, they've they've gotten a they've just been slammed. By well, you know here. what? If you're going to outlaw orcas, then you're going to have to shut down every zoo in the United States. Because mm-hmm. I find it interesting. We brought this up before. I find it interesting. Disney Animal Kingdom hasn't been targeted. Why is that? Oh, yeah, they're a much stronger organization, and they're going to fight back, and PETA can't take on Disney. Yeah. SeaWorld, I think they knew they were, they, were, they, were, they were hitting an easy target. They were hitting an easy target. SeaWorld was not prepared for it. They didn't have the savvy to deal with it. They didn't have the organization to deal with it, but they do now. I don't think SeaWorld will ever get blindsided like that again. 
And if Joel Manby is worth his weight, he's going to make sure of that. He's going to make sure the organization has a rapid response team in place to deal with issues like this because this, this, this vulnerability has been exposed. Um, so, well, and as I said on our on our Disneyland show, I don't understand why if Peter is so concerned about the welfare of animals, why are they not working hand in hand with organizations like SeaWorld? Because they're not concerned about the welfare the animals. of animals; they're concerned about yeah. they're concerned about press. Yeah, because you know, I think that one of the benefits of zoos and water parks like SeaWorld is that when you go and see these animals. You're you're inspired. You you understand the animals. You understand mm-hmm. their beauty, their intelligence, and I think children are inspired to understand. We need to do what we can to save these animals. And, we need know, to do what we can to save their environments. If the children don't see these animals, except in photographs, they're not going to have that connection to where they know we need to protect the environment these animals live let's in. Let's see Peter putting themselves in front of poachers in Kenya. Yeah. Okay, you want to impress me, you want to show that you actually have concern for horror and tragedy and violence against these these beautiful creatures, then yeah, go out to Kenya and put yourself in front of poachers. But they're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. Not when they can go after SeaWorld and create create fictitious hit pieces mm-hmm. uh like Blackfish. So, but uh yeah, well, interesting to see how uh how this new guy does. So, all right, next up in the news, the long-awaited, massive Orlando Eye <laughs> has released tickets for its preview weekend, which will be uh, May 1st through the 3rd. And they released uh, tickets a couple of days ago. Corey, I think you mentioned that you've... Uh, I signed up. I just, I'm just waiting for the email, the, um, you know, to... I don't know if it's a first come first serve basis. It it started. They opened up uh, the tickets on the twentieth, so hopefully they're they're still available. But I signed up hoping to do it. Well, those interested in doing this can go to officialorlandoi.com dot com, and uh, seats on this massive Ferris wheel start at eighteen dollars, uh, and uh, the May May fourth will be the grand opening, uh, and those those who want to do the preview can only. Uh, only purchase tickets with an invitation so you have to sign up for it so I don't know if there's any left the Orlando Eye is part of the 200 million dollar iDrive 360 entertainment and dining complex this will showcase a 360 degree view of central Florida including nearby theme parks and attractions downtown Orlando and the Kennedy Space Center on Florida's east coast and yes you can see if you get up high enough wow. you absolutely yeah. if it's a clear enough day you can see Kennedy Space Center because Florida is flat we mm-hmm. have no mountains <laughs> when Big Thunder Mountain is one of the biggest mountains in Florida and I'm not kidding it really is yeah until then, Expedition Everest was built I think yeah but, well I was reading that the Orlando Eye is taller than San Francisco's Golden Gate Bridge and I drive across that bridge every time I go to the Walt Disney Family Museum. I can't believe it's that massive. It's, it's like 400 you, feet tall. Yeah, yeah. that's massive incredible. Structure. And it's one of three attractions in the iDrive 360 complex. There's going to be a Madame Tussauds there as well. And they're saying that's going to be interactive. I don't know. I've read something <laughs> about seeing with Taylor Swift. And um, then there's also the Sea Life Aquarium. And um, that's going to be, it's going to have different features there, like a 360. <clears throat> degree ocean tunnel that you can go in. It's supposed to have more than 5,000 creatures. A rock pool experience, which is supposed to be like a hands-on touch pool, I believe. 
and a talking aquarium where they're going to have educational talks and feeds uh, with the animals. And then they'll have different projects about breeding, rescue, and protecting the creatures that they have there. Well, I'm interested to see how successful this investment becomes. iDrive is definitely booming because, right, well, this is opening up, like you said, May 4th this spring. And then in 2017, about the time of Avatar Land, we're also supposed to be seeing the Skyplex open up on iDrive as well. That's going to have the world's tallest vertical roller coaster. Oh, yeah, and the paper. virtual ride through of that roller coaster is disturbing. Craig is so scared. Feet. Craig is so scared of heights. We need to make uh, him go GoPro it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I cannot wait for so I'm a thrill junkie when it comes yeah. to roller coasters. And you do oh, that? Yeah, I would yeah. love it. I think the only thing I would not do in terms of roller coasters that I'm aware of is that one in Las Vegas where they just hang you over the edge of the oh, okay. building. I don't yeah. think I could do that. But um, other than that, something like this, I'm excited about. Wow. Well, I'm excited. Adding- I, I wouldn't. I don't think I would want to be the, one of the first ones to do it, though. I'm not, <laughs> not going to sign up. Yeah, go through, a, go through a few passes. Well, they're adding something else to it now. Uh, the Sky Fall, that's going to be flush up against the polar coaster, skyscraper, whatever you're calling it. It's a 450-foot drop. Um, and then it's going to also be connected to something called the Sky Plaza, which is an air open promenade. And they're, we're going to be seeing the world's largest, everybody, get ready for this, the world's largest Perkins restaurant. <laughs> okay, as, as a Jersey boy, you know, where Perkins were, yeah. w- w- at least were when I was growing up, I don't know if they still are, were plentiful. You guys are looking like you don't know what I'm it's talking about. It's like a about. Denny's or an IHOP. Oh, Perkins, yeah. California. I, I, I think calling Perkins a Denny's or an IHOP, I think Perkins is a step above those. Like okay. Shoney's? Yeah. Um, it's like a Shoney's a buffet. Really, really oh, Shoney's. It's like yeah. Shoney's. Um, Salad I bar actually my 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 first job in the world was a busboy at a Perkins on oh, the beach oh, okay. in Ocean Grove when I was fifteen, um, and uh, I love Perkins. I love great pancakes. Great pancakes. So well, this is for you, Pete. Well, there was one over on Semeron that I used to take because my mom loves Perkins. Yeah, so we used to go over to onto Semeron, but. The last couple times we were there, it was dirty. And my the last time my mother said, I'm not coming back here. And then six months later, it was shut down. Yeah, go figure. Um, yeah. So having a having a nice, shiny new Perkins. Mm-hmm. World's largest. Uh, I'm excited. And then it's going to be connected to the Skyplex by an um, overhead pedestrian bridge. I want to see what this is going to do to traffic because I drive oh, currently yeah, is yeah. is crazy well, with traffic. Well, it's going to be called I drive, I drive slow. <laughs> I drive slow. I drive. I drive isn't too bad unless there's a convention in town. If there's if something's going on at the convention center, then I drive can get nuts. That side, like where they're building all of this, that side is actually um, decent with traffic. It's when you start getting closer to Wet and Wild. Mm-hmm. Well, when you get whole, over, yeah, yeah, when you get, yeah, that that section between uh, Sea World. And Wet n' Wild is called Plaza International, and that's the nice section of iDrive. So that's where you have uh, uh, Point Orlando. Mm-hmm. That's where you have some I mean, amazing restaurants. Some nicer hotels are over there. You've got the Rosen. Uh, the Rosen. And uh, the Inn? No, it's not the Rosen Inn. It's Rosen There's Plaza. Cup- Rosen yeah. Plaza. Uh, you also have the... Uh, Oh Lord, I'm drawing. I'm drawing a blank. But you got some nice hotels over there, in all categories. You got some budget. You've got some some higher end. 
A um, lot of great shopping, a lot of great dining over there. Then you cross over Sand Lake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this stuff is and the it turns yeah, into it, 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 it turns into like a third world country. Like buy four run, t-shirts, get a free coffee yeah. mug. Run down. Yeah. It's sleazy. It's the only n- nice thing that's over there, hotel wise, is Coco Key. Yeah. Um, Coco Key. I mean, they really put a lot of money into that, and they really made it nice with the with the water park and the rooms. They did a very nice job. I like Coco Key, but it's the only nice thing I can say about that section of International Drive. You don't want to stay over there. You don't even really want to go like shop or eat over there. It's all garbage. So that Plaza International section, which is where this, yeah, There's, uh, they're dressing it up. There's been a lot of new restaurants going in, Red Robins and Yard House, and it's by the Ripley's, believe it or not, Museum. Wonder it's also Works Dave and & Buster's. Yeah, yeah, they've they've definitely been working to um, spruce that area up some, and I'm assuming it's just going to get nicer with these things coming in. So. But, you know, now, again, anything that, you've got to remember, anything that opens in Orlando competes with Disney and Universal who are doing really well right now. And I'm interested to see if they can break through the marginalization of iDrive. Because really what iDrive thrives on right now are the people who stay there to go visit the theme parks and the convention conventioneers. Mm-hmm. That's a very small slice of the pie. You don't hear a lot of people say, oh, honey, let's go over to iDrive today from Disney or right. even from Universal. You don't hear it because it's not a draw. It is built there. This stuff, the stuff that's there now has been built to capitalize on the hotels that exist there now and the convention, convention center. The, you don't spend $200 million to attract those people. You're spending $200 million because you're trying to draw away from Disney and Universal, no one on iDrive has been successful at that in the 18 years that I've been covering this. Yeah. So this is a big gamble. Now, yeah, it's going to start strong because there's going to be curiosity. You're going to get locals. You're going to get people coming to see this stuff. The question is, a year from now, how's it going to be doing? It's actually a bigger investment than what you're saying. The iDrive 360 is the $200 million complex, but the Skyplex that's coming in 2017, that's a $300 million uh, wow. entertainment complex. So you're talking about basically half a billion dollars being invested yes, sir. in this. And yes, sir. Sorry, I don't know where that came from. Yeah, really. Where was that was so weird. <laughs> and totally random. I really don't make them call me sir. Yes, sir. I don't know. <laughs> Mr. I think she just especially not like, on yes, the air. Sir. Yeah, especially not on, you know, on the air, I don't let. That's, that's all, it's all how you say it. I don't like, know what just happened. <laughs> yeah. the, the server at lunch, they called you Mr. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, Mr. <laughs> but, you know, you, talk, you think about half a billion dollar investment. You're going to need, you're not going to do that off convention business. You're going to need to draw away from the theme parks. And, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe it'll happen. I'm not saying it won't happen. It all depends on how well this is done and how well this is run. Well, look at that festival. They village or mall that they put in <sighs> that was supposed to have a surfing center and all this kind of stuff. And that lasted, what, a couple years? Oh, so and sad over there. And then they closed it and now they're redoing it. Wish, I wish he was here. Rhino, as part of his, uh, he, went to, uh, he went to UCF uh, yeah. and studied film. 
And part of his studies required him to do an independent, uh, you know, a, a short film. And he did this. It was a post-apocalyptic theme. It was called the, the Last Man on Earth. Not called to be the Last the Man show. on Earth. And he filmed ninety percent of it in Festival Bay Mall. Okay. He didn't get special permission. He didn't choose like early in the morning. There was no one there. Wow. <laughs> there was just no one there. So is this your garden walk? It is. Really? It, in a way, yeah, I guess it is. I guess because that was sad. We went through, uh, for those not familiar, just a, uh, outside Disney property is a shopping and dining complex called Garden Walk. Here in California. Which is, uh, I called it the mall at Sarajevo because it <laughs> desolate, some great restaurants, but... All the storefronts are basically covered over with coming soon signs. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, I don't th- I don't know if Festival Bay is that bad. Not now. But it's close to it. But wasn't the, the point of Garden Ridge or Garden, whatever it's called. Garden Walk. Wasn't it designed to get people to walk from here at Disneyland over to there? Wasn't yes. that the plan? But they never, they, they were going to have a promenade. That okay. was supposed to come over here, and that was never approved okay. and built because land was going to have to be acquired, and that that just all never went mm. through. That's a shame. So very interesting, very interesting to see how this iDrive 360 project is going to uh, gonna unfold, and I'm excited about it. Though. It sounds like it will bring in some locals too. You know, all, all depending on how parking is, and because we don't like to jump through hoops. No, right. <laughs> make it exactly. easy for us. Right. Make it easy for us, but we'll see. All right, finally in the news this week, Planet Hollywood Hotel is coming to Orlando. Uh, the resort being called the PH uh, Premier Hotel and Spa Orlando is a 436-room condo hotel planned on 14 acres of land off Apopka Vineland Road, uh, and it's going to be near the uh, Orlando, uh, the Marriott World Center. Oh, over in that section. That's a okay. good location. Yeah. It is a good location. Um, there will be uh, the condos. There'll be 86 studios, 437 square feet that are going to be starting at 290,000. There'll be another 72 deluxe studios measuring 570 square feet, costing $387,000. There will also be 202 one bedroom suites priced at $577,000. And 64 1,311-square-foot, uh, two-bedroom suites starting at 867000 uh, There will be penthouse-level rooms that will start at $1.16 million, uh, 2,180 square feet, three-bedroom penthouses. There will be eight of those in total. Seven. I'm sorry, what are these? because I bought one. You bought one? Yeah. <laughs> what, are, what, are the, what are these prices that you're saying? Are they, what are, what are the prices for? These are for condos. Okay. Yeah, you you, you buy them, you buy them, and, 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 and they. Uh, yeah, I you thought can, you meant you that's how much it short costs. Term, short term rentals. It's oh. it's an investment. Gotcha. But it's also yeah, it's a condo hotel. Jeez. Um, so they'll these will be rented out um, as hotel rooms, or you can um, live there. Maybe yeah. Bruce Willis can make another mistake and invest his money here again. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, look, the Planet Hollywood Planet Hollywood Hotel in Las Vegas is very popular. Um, among the Kardashians, apparently. Um, but, uh, you know, again, you've got a company coming in. you got a company coming into the area, a high-profile company. 
And I, I just have seen so many of these go south. They come in with these you know, big dreams and big expectations, and then they open, and the reality is you are competing in Lake Buena Vista with Disney World. Mm-hmm. And Disney is very, very, very good at destroying you. So unless you are going to be part of, you know, Disney's, you're going to have Disney's blessing, kind of like what we have with the uh, the Four Seasons in Golden Oaks, that opened with Disney's blessing. So there's support through Walt Disney Travel for that hotel. Um, and so, you know, that's, so I don't know that this is going to... Uh, I don't know how how well this is going to fly. It looks very trendy from the from the photos that I'm. Well, at. yeah, you, you know, that's great. You know, Disney fans, you know, don't really care so much about trendy uh, as much as they do about you know certain the, the type of theming that extends yeah. the feeling they have when they're in the parks. Mm-hmm. That's what they look for, and I don't know where this Planet Hollywood, you know, pretentiousness is going to fit into that. <laughs> Um, it's going to have uh, 20,000 square f- feet of meeting space, uh, a 35,000 square foot sandy beach family pool deck with cabanas, boutique retail, a fitness center and spa, a rooftop adult pool, and a lakeside activity center that offers boating, sailing, kayaking, stand-up paddleboarding, jet skiing, and water skiing. Uh, I... This sounds like a... Is I mean they're they're doing a lot here. Yeah. It's yeah. a big yeah no we're we're this is a big resort. Yeah. This is a big resort, and it's a big gamble. This is a big big gamble. Seems like it. So yeah, what they're hoping the what one. they're hoping to do what they're hoping to do is to really the developer in particular is hoping to make their money off the sale of these of these units. Yeah. So the owners, you know, the the rental then really becomes more or less the responsibility of the owners. Um, Planet Hollywood will likely handle the rental of them, but charge a management fee to the owner. So the developer is going to get his money as long as the place sells out. And it should be interesting. There's not too many of these in Orlando. You certainly have a lot of timeshares. Um, You have a lot of uh, vacation homes. Yeah. Uh, but something along these lines. Now you're talking about, you know, I'll tell you right now, 1,300 square feet, a 1,300 square foot two bedroom at $867,000 is most certainly well above what we're getting <laughs> in Orlando. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, right now, a 1,300 square foot house, you could pick up for about $150,000, give or take. Uh, the market still hasn't come back fully from the recession. So it's been getting better and better, thank God. But, but you know, they can charge this because then they can say, well, think about the future possibilities and the investment of the when you get rentees. Yeah, re- I don't know that the Orlando real estate market has come back enough to justify this. Okay. I think it's going to be a lot of foreigners that own it. And then they run it out to their friends. When they're not or, using it. Yeah. yeah. When they're not using it. Could be. Yeah. Could be. And corporations. Yeah. yeah I was going to say, how does this well. fit in at all with the, the conventions that we always have here in that um, in the area? I, 
you know, tw- honestly, twenty thousand square feet of meeting space isn't a lot. No. And it's certainly you know when you th- when you consider Coronado Springs has sixty five thousand, um, Swan Dolphin, Yacht and Beach, uh, Grand Floridian, Contemporary, all have significant meeting space. Not to mention what you have at other hotels, especially when you get over onto I Drive and that area. When we talk about the Rosen Plaza, we talk about some of the other hotels. All have big big meeting spaces um so you know that's another that kind of animal that's another hyper competitive market in orlando right now or meeting so how you go about drawing companies in there with twenty thousand square feet i don't know because the big boys they want more than twenty thousand square feet yeah. that'll be great for weddings and smaller events yeah. but I don't know. I don't know. It should be, you know, when your pool has more square footage than your convention space does. <laughs> 35,000 square foot sandy beach versus 20,000 square feet of meeting space. Um, but it should be interesting. It doesn't say when it is slated to open um, in the story here, but I'm going to guess if they're just announcing this, we're a couple years away. So I think we would be looking at a 2017 opening. Um, for that probably but I could be wrong on that so alright that is going to do it for the news we are going to move on to rapid fire and we will start with Will Dustin you have the slide ready though yeah. it's kind of going out of order <laughs> <laughs> alright uh, eat to the beat a couple concert or a couple bands have been not officially announced but uh, these bands have posted their dates on their official websites so um 38 Special is going to be there um, October 10th and 11th. And then Air Supply is going to be there October Yay. 19th through the 21st. I'm all let up love. I'm so <laughs> I, I don't know. I had to look Air Supply up. <gasps> Shut up. I'm serious. Hold on. Somebody give me a bottle to throw at him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I knew 38 Special with the Air Supply. So, yeah. Uh, check it out. We'll have more have info have on the website. Up. Air Supply. Early 80s, right? Yeah. Yeah, sadly. <laughs> Thirty-eight specials, awesome. All right, well, thank you, thank you for making me feel older than I already do. Will. <laughs> Dustin, what are you going to do to make me feel old? Uh, not have a rapid fire. I have one for Dustin. Yeah, Kathy, in lieu of me not having one, Kathy has two. So Kathy's throwing herself in front of that particular bullet. So. Yes, <laughs> thank you, Kathy. All right, Kathy, impress me with your double rapid fire. Okay, the first one is Interventions West is closing on April the 30th. It's about time. Anybody else think this is like... They need you know, to this do is, This is Disney's second great waste of space after wide world of wide waste of space or wide world of sports I have wondered I mean it is just ridiculous it goes in it's like let us let us educate you no people don't want to be educated like that well it was okay no, it but it was like like when I covered you're wrong the, you're wrong <laughs> the it's great no wrong. Core. It, what experience or whatever it was called um it was okay but it was one of those things you only did once like put and out the fire there was yeah. no it, where's the fire right there, anything yeah. that was in there if you if it was interesting at all to anybody it was a one and done deal yeah but or sh- or an air conditioned shortcut yes yeah yes what are they putting in its place kathy 
it's closing till they can decide what they want to put there. Frozen. Is this the one where the little the little piggy bank races? Mm-hmm. Oh. We well, have your little piggy My bank. My kids actually carry- really like the little West, piggy bank race. If I'm if I'm correct, West also had the uh, video game wall over by the Segways. Was that an interventions West? I yeah, think. but the Segways have, haven't. They haven't been there. Yeah, that, yeah, that whole building is. Here's my thoughts on interventions closing. You know, ever since they did the last big. Uh, reimagining of it, uh, you know. Obviously, it's gone a little bit downhill. The problem is, is they keep coming in. They replace one thing, but then the other things say the same. So it's, it's just right. kind of this slow build on itself. What they they really need to just wipe the slate clean and start. You now. are not going to tell me they are closing this without knowing what they are oh, putting well, in its place. Yeah. They've got they just to. haven't announced they, it. They, Kathy they, just didn't find out. <laughs> no, that's what they say. Now, who knows what what's going to go in there? But Marvel when characters. I yeah, when I first came to Disney, and my first park that I went to was Epcot, and went into Interventions West, and that's where they had the Sega. I was so excited! Oh my god, I love that. Yeah, that was like the happening place to be. Yeah, that, it was. That great. was really something. That's what they need. They need something in there that. And they can't do anything with Frozen because Frozen has nothing to do with future. But that won't stop them. Either. That won't stop them from doing like Anna and Elsa 2.0. Right. Future, you, future what, profits. Yeah, future profits. <laughs> what would you rather see? Would you rather see them use this space for like uh, events, like uh, Flower and Garden and Festival them um, and um, Food and Wine? But they already and, have that. No. But but instead, do something new re, with re, the festivals. Wonder, hmm. Okay. Yeah. You, know, you want to talk about? You want to talk abandoned and left for dead? Let's talk about Wonders of Life. Pavilion. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, which is opened up for Flower and Garden. I used to love Wonders of Life. Pavilion. Oh, I did too. I think that's a better space to reimagine. And I think they can do. I, I, yeah, I think they can absolutely do something. Bring Horizons back and put that in Wonders of Life. And I see. I've never, I've never seen Horizons. I would have liked to have seen it, but I came along too late. But Kathy, you would have loved it. And I have a second rapid fire: um, the Tomorrowland Terrace Dessert Party is becoming the Wishes Fireworks Dessert Party on July the 5th. And what's significant about that is the old cost was $21 to $25, depending on the season. And now the new cost is $49. And what is their justification for that? Are they adding anything? Are they changing anything? They pay for that hub. <laughs> yeah. you Does Tinkerbell a- sit on your lap and watch it with you? It's wow. It's better than that. You get a sparkling cider toast when the fireworks start. I'm in. Yep. But food wise, um, I said apparently I'm in. Oh, okay. you know the big spread they used to have, but now they're gonna add like some cheese and some cupcakes, but nothing Well, you know what? I wonder when or if they are ever going to learn their lesson from these you know that there was that uh, illuminations dessert party that was absolutely atrocious um was their champagne dessert party and they were serving the worst champagne they could possibly find i mean it was like this was like eight dollar bottles of champagne that they were serving this is that was part of them introducing fast pass plus to that right or was that a a separate paid no no that was a separate paid thing okay i had nothing to do with fast pass plus um and then, of course, you know, we've had, uh, they, they, they tried doing the premium add-ons to, like, uh, Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. 
that atrocious thing yeah. that basically ruined the party for you and cost double. The villain soiree. The villain soiree. Um, and uh, so, you know, here they go again. And, you know, what they'll do is they'll they'll add something nominal to the offerings. Mm-hmm. That's what they And did. double the price. And then think people are going to be okay with that. Unfortunately, some people will be. Well, it, but we will have to see. I mean, I'm, I can't prejudge it. Maybe, maybe they have learned their lesson, and they're going to make this special and do something different, and make it worth that extra that extra cost. We can if, hope. If not, then they're still just you know going with the whole arrogant. We can do whatever we want and make it as crappy as we want, and people are stupid enough to pay for it. The thing with the Tomorrowland Terrace dessert party was. That Disney was not consistent when they released availability for that. You know how everything else is 180 days, or with this, it was sort of like, well, they're not loaded in the system yet. So everybody, like on the disc, kept looking like, oh, I called this morning. Everybody was calling like every day to see if their availability had opened up. Now, maybe with this, they've gotten a little more organized, and maybe now you can book 60 days out or know that you can do that. Maybe that's going to be part of the draw that you can consistently try to reserve it. I don't know. Yeah, we can see. We can hope. When yeah. does it start? July 5th. July 5th. All right. Well, let's see. <laughs> They're not going to do it for the 4th of July. No. They're not going to give away no. preferred seating for that. No. No. All right. Thank you, Kathy. Let's go to Jenny Lynn. Well, for all you big spenders out there, after you are done going to the dessert party, you should head on over to eBay because one of the original Mark IV monorail cars from Walt Disney World is up for auction. Sold. I bought it. (laughs) Next to my penthouse. It was uh, it was retired in 1989, and there was the the previous owner. His name is Christopher Nowak, and um, his wife. They bought it in 2014. They had high hopes of doing interesting things with it, either like putting it on a bus chassis and driving their kids to school in it, or turning it into a place where they could entertain friends and family in their backyard. But um, nevertheless, they have decided to forego those dreams and put it up on eBay. So it's listed for $260,000 with a starting bid of $169,000. And, and no one's bid on it yet. As of yesterday, which right, which is Saturday, um, yeah, more than fifteen hundred people are watching, and not a single bid. So we'll oh see. My God. Well, you know, uh, there was an article about this in the New York Times that I, I was reading, and uh, when the Times was interviewing this guy, the reporter said, "You know, we tried to independently verify that this is in fact, you know." an original monorail and we can't. Yeah, there's no certificate of authenticity that they got with it. They just bought it. But at this But does same it look time, like, like a Walt I Disney mean, World monorail? Yeah. It does. It, it looks yeah. I mean it looks very real. I mean, is somebody really gonna replicate a yeah. huge monorail cat? Two hundred and sixty thousand dollars is an awful lot of money to spend on a promise. Yeah. Um or on, you know, take my word for it. It's real. Um Without that certificate of authenticity, without some kind of provenance to prove that it is what they say it is, it'd be very hard to get that kind of number. Yeah, you, you know, probably in, have in to the, find in the world of special like Christopher Nowak who bought it without a certificate of authenticity in the first. I don't know Absolutely, if it's the same one, but uh, Mickey surplus. 
that used to be like out in no-name town. It's been in different locations. And then it was um, down by the Florida Mall for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a monorail in there that you could buy. And I just wonder if it's the same one. And he used to have, remember when the um, the safari had the plane with the poacher, you know, the mm-hmm. plane came in. He had the plane out there. So he seemed to be the person th- that has a lot of I wonder what he was charging for it when he had it. I don't know, but I'm there like, you know, like the plane. I would have loved to have gotten the plane and had it sitting in my yard. I, I can't think of a way to have a monorail in my yard, but, you know. I think it's going to take a special kind of person to purchase this. Oh, by the way, shipping is free. In case you're wondering. <laughs> what size box do you get at the UPS store? Yeah, really. Oh, wow. But it's going to be shipped for free. <laughs> Amazon um, drone will just drop it off at your house. But in the history, I mean, would Disney authenticate that? Would they, or are they trying to like not see that it's being sold? I don't know. There? I don't know. It is something that they could probably, like I know at Theme Park Connection, they sell a lot of theme park memorabilia. And sometimes they're, the stuff that they have doesn't have certificates of authenticity. Yeah, but it's not two hundred. You know, it's not anything yeah. like $260,000. Well, but, but what I'm saying is is they have at times gone back to the people that work at Disney and then get it authenticated okay. after the fact. So that might be something that could happen. But right now it's sitting in Tampa where uh, Mr. Nowak left it when he purchased it. Hmm. So. Interesting. All right. Thank you, Jenny Lynn. Corey. Uh, there's a new uh, Disney World discount that just came out. Um, it's saved up to 30%. Um, at the time of this recording, it's only available um, to Visa cardholders. But by the time this show is released, it'll be open to the general public. Um, this is valid for stays most nights, uh, June 16th through 827. Uh, you can save up to 30% on a room-only reservation at select Walt Disney World resorts. Um, you know, in the sample savings, they kind of tear down. So Deluxe and Deluxe Villa Resorts, that's where you get your thirty per- up to 30% off. And then Moderates up to 20% off. And then Value Resorts up to 15% off. You need to book this by June 12th. There are some restrictions, um, but I think some of the most important ones are the, the ones that it excludes. Um, offer excludes Villas at Grand Floridian, Bay Lake Tower, Polynesian Villas and Bungalows, Port Orleans French Quarter, Little Mermaid Rooms at Art of Animation, All-Star Movies, Campsites, and Three-Bedroom Villas. So, that's, Now, uh, does anybody else find it interesting, the book-by date on this? Is June 12th? Historically, historically, they have released free dining in May. Yeah. I, They're I not going to release free dining with this offer going on. No. So, either, yeah, either they're going to wait for June... Which is incredibly late, or we've reached the point where there's not going to be a free dining offer this year. Hmm. Hmm. I have been saying it for a while now that there is going to come a time where Disney is going to rip the Band-Aid off with this. They don't like offering free dining. Either that or they're just trying to play with people's expectations and not and, and still do free dining. You know, one of the options would be that they still do free dining, but not have this whole uh, frenzy on the internet of getting prepared for it and trying no, to get what, what, Regardless of what they do, that frenzy is going to start in about five minutes. Okay. 
Um, now, they may very well go ahead and do an overlapping offer where they release the next discount before the current discount expires. But because, I mean, this goes through August. It's for travel by August 27th, yeah. which means the next offer would cover the September frame. Um, and that's and, usually about free dining. It's the last week of August. Correct. Yeah. So it is very possible that they'll do that. But I every year I wonder. Is this the year they don't yeah. do it? And this was also the year that we've been hearing the hotels are reaching capacity. Yeah. Right? Yep. So they don't need it. Well, they don't know yet. They don't know yet if they need it or not mm. because they haven't done a September okay. in years that hasn't had free dining. Right. What happens if you take it so away? It may be a scenario where they take it away. And maybe then September goes back to being one of those months where we can actually go to the parks and not wait three hours yeah. for things. I'd personally enjoy that. Right. You know? But I can't but tell you business. how many of my clients that book for that time frame go, well, you're going to be able to add free dining to this if it's released. So, I mean, people are already booking in anticipation that free dining is coming along. So, And that, I wonder what happens if they don't offer it. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, and those people cancel. Right. Or, you know, or do they wait, you know, do they play with people until they're within the cancellation period? <laughs> they kind of dangle, maybe we're going to do free dining and then wait till they're inside the cancellation period. Uh, on re- packages, I don't know. They yeah. release their package for more expensive dining. Yeah. <laughs> Up the prices on it. So, I know um, with this, the last offer that we had, people, they're like, okay, now we're getting to that time. Disney's going to release free dining. Early May and, last year. It was and the first then they came May, out with this offer. So it's like, okay, what are they doing? They released free dining last year. It was early May, I believe, um, when it came out. So to hear an offer with a book by date of June 12th, you know, it just, uh, you know, my eyebrow is raised, you know, is something is something up. I don't know. I don't have any information. I can't tell you. But I um, I'm curious about it. That's all I'll say is I'm curious about it. And just to keep in mind, when you call to get this you have to provide them with your visa number until it's open to the public and they do have different availability so if you're all hyper because now all the visa people took the stuff there'll be new availability when it opens to the public and of course if you want to book that you can go through dreams unlimited and you can request kathy mm-hmm. because kathy's be a dreams unlimited agent <laughs> and kathy will make sure gary she will personally guarantee you free dining She will will book it from Disneyland. Yes. She'll pick you up in that monorail, Dreams Unlimited is fine, and transport you anywhere you want to go. And this is where, you know, we can put the plug in that when Disney releases any of those kind of discounts, we're all on the phone right when they open. Oh, yeah. We we know that, you know, there's a discount out there, and we're always trying to save our clients money. It it is part of the service Dreams offers. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were the first to do that, by the way. Um, they all copied that from me, um, but uh, yeah, uh, those days those are those are those are long days mm-hmm. for our uh, our dreams unlimited travel agents when they release free dining because yeah they're on the phone uh, and they do great work together as a team helping each other out but they're on the phone making sure they get their clients yep. converted to that package and nothing's better than when you write an email to a client and say, I just saved you $400 or $600 or whatever. That was the whole idea behind mm-hmm. doing it was that we would, we would make fans of our clients if they didn't have to do anything and we would watch for that stuff and we would convert those packages 
when something better came out. And we yeah. do it all the time. We save, we save mm-hmm. our clients tens of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. every time one of these new packages comes out. And, uh, you know, when we started doing that, when we start, when I started Dreams in 98, um, it, that was not done. That was just not done. Yeah. And I remember the criticism I got from travel agents saying, you're, you're insane. You're taking money out of your pocket. You're losing commission by doing that. I said, I may be losing commission in the short term with that particular booking, but guess what? That client's going to come back to mm-hmm. me. And he's going to tell his friends about you. Know, you know. Exactly. So, you know, for me, it was common sense, but I, I'll never forget when I first launched Dreams, the kind of crap I took on the boards from travel agents. And, you know, ha-ha. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> so, all right. Thank you, Kathy. Coming over to our Disneyland team, Mr. Bell. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, Walt Disney Studios announced last week that its next, next live-action fairy tale adaptation, Beauty and the Beast, will hit theaters March 17th. 2017, and it will be in 3D. Uh, over the last couple weeks, the cast has been leaked bit by bit. Uh, Harry Potter's Emma Watson will star as Belle. Yeah. Uh, former Downton Abbey star Dan Stevens will be the Beast. Who is he in the, Who is he on? He's, he's uh, Robert. Yeah, Matthew. Matthew. Oh, okay. May he rest in peace. And he's Boy playing. He's playing side. Adam the Beast. Uh, yes. Uh, cast also includes Luke Evans as Gaston. Josh Gad as Lifu, uh, Kevin Klein as Belle's father Maurice. Oh, that Emma, should be great. He should Emma, be great. In that. Yeah, crazy. And old Emma Thompson Maurice. as Mrs. Potts. Mm. Uh, Alan Menken, who provided the music for the feature film, will return to compose the score, and along with Tim Rice, they will provide several new songs. Holy crud! This really is a ex- really cool cast. Yeah, I'm kind of excited about this one because this was one of my favorite films, and we already know that translates well to live action because of the Broadway the Broadway production. So, so. unlike the r- most recent Cinderella adaptation, this is a musical with the songs that we're familiar with. I, correct. I heard that correct? Yeah. yeah. Okay. But well, also with new songs. New songs. New songs, yeah. And I'm hoping they pull some of the ones from the Broadway, Broadway. show as well. Oh, absolutely. That's awesome. Very excited about it. Yeah. Can Emma Watson sing? Well, that was the thing is that <laughs> she, she, she announced that she was doing it and says, I, and now I have to go out and take singing lessons. Like, okay. <laughs> Auto-tune. Yeah. Or she'll be dubbed. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Well, they do oh. that in the cartoons. Audrey Hepburn in My Fair Lady. That was not her voice. Yeah, well. <laughs> I'm kind she of... ain't Audrey Hepburn either. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm but. kind of liking this trend of the... Live action. So do I. Of the I, I really have to get to see stories. Cinderella. Yeah. I like it better, though, knowing that it's the musical um, right. version. Because it just ties it in even better. All right. Well, thank you, Tom. Michael. All right. Well, you folks at Walt Disney World so loved our enchanted tiki room and our Tahitian terrace, you built the Disney's Polynesian Village Resort to pay homage <laughs> to those, those <laughs> venues. So a few months ago, they released the little tiki that appears to be the mascot of that um, village, the village Polynesian Village Resort, which is very reminiscent of some of the tikis that Imagineer Roly Crump designed for the pre-show of our Enchanted Tiki Room. And now some of the merchandise is um, being released, images of that. There are some t-shirts that have, that say Polynesian Village Resort, that have Mickey with his surfboard and Minnie in a very alluring sarong. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay then. <laughs> and 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 the nice thing about this style is that these are uh, these are, are sort of a retro style, harking back to about the '60s. Um, Love it. Style okay. of Mickey and Minnie. Then there's a cool Aloha shirt again with the same style that says Polynesian Village Resort that has image of the bungalow, Mickey, surfboards, Goofy with a surfboard, things like that. Some hoodies and with um, with the alluring mini on them. And also a tote bag that has that little um, tiki figurine. Then there's also some pins. There is uh, frames. There's also a collectible opening day pin for Trader Sam. So start lining up now for that. Yeah. Um, you know, at our Trader Sam's out here, the, we have some special collectible um, mugs and cups and glasses and things. And the, if you order certain drinks, and Polynesian Village Resort will have similar ones, and there and that you can get. And then there is also a very cool Aloha shirt, um, a Trader Sam's Aloha shirt that is very reminiscent of the original cast member shirts for um, Disney. Disneyland's Enchanted Tiki Room. Yeah. Cool. Oh, so, cool. And that and and it it's it's um, says it's Trader Sam's Grog Grotto. Grotto is um list is also emblazoned on it. So some really cool merchandise coming to Disney's Polynesian Village Resort. Yep. Oh, yeah. So excited. While we're talking about style, could we just talk about how awesome that presentation of a rapid fire was by Michael? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, Kudos you. to you. See, now everyone learn. I, That's right. I, I need, took notes. I need to use the word emblazoned more often. <laughs> That's nice. Um, and I love the fact that we are talking about Trader Sam's on yeah. a show. And from my window, window yes, right now, yes. I can see Trader Sam's. Uh, I hope ours is, is friendlier. And, I don't know how to describe it, but that is just such a cool place. It is. It is the coolest spot in any theme park resort yes. that I've ever been to. Do you think we can get the server to deliver up here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, we can just go down after the show. Okay. I think we're past we the ropes. Our, we have our little wrap party down uh, down at Trader Sam's. Yeah, I... Uh, well, thank you for that, Michael. That's a good segue into talking a little bit about our, our week here. Yeah. Um, since we're not doing a segment uh, this week, I'm happy to let this go a little longer than we normally would. Sure. And uh, that's the other thing is I'm not... I, I'm not mindful, as mindful of the time uh, when we're pre-recording as I am when we're live. It's kind of odd, but... Oh, you know what? I forgot to do poll results. Let me do poll results first. Okay. And next week's poll, before we, before we, move, forward, before we move forward, last week we asked, what extras would you like Disney to add for purchase that they don't currently offer? Okay. And uh, I guess no surprise... With 38%, the number one response, the ability to purchase front-of-the-line access for a given Ooh, day. I knew that one. Okay. I figured that one. Um, at 25%, the ability to purchase extra fast passes for hmm. a given day. So the, the, market ba- the market demands faster access to the attractions and less waiting in line. Um, number three at sixteen percent, a photo pass photographer that you could book to be with you as you went around the park. Uh, at ten point five percent, the ability to purchase early access or slash booking for fast passes and dining. 
So to make your ADRs mm. and your fast passes, the ability to pay extra so that maybe instead of at the 180-day mark, maybe you could get it at the 200-day mark. Yeah. Something Seriously? like that. 180 um, days isn't enough? Not a not, not a world. It, not for the, not for our not for our folks. Not when it's the same as everybody else. Everybody wants yeah, so an edge. Basically, they want 181 days. Yeah, everyone's um, wanting and, to pay for to get a leg up. And that was that was 10.5 percent. At 10 percent, uh, the ability to purchase early entry into the theme parks without a breakfast reservation. So let's say yeah. getting into the parks an hour before everybody else, if you yeah. pay X number of dollars. Um, but uh, so that's what was. That's the results of that poll. Can I say, I just think that's sort of sad that people are willing to throw money at at these things because I think of like the typical family that would come to Disney for the first time and now they got to start put, putting out extra money for dining or fast pass. I don't know. That just seems on one to level, me. On one level or another, it's always been like that. Yeah. I, I guess, but it just, it seems sort of sad. It's like they're getting away from the the feel of Disney. It's well, like, if you just throw enough money at it, you can get whatever you want. Well, we also probably should have put an option in there now that I'm thinking about it of, I wouldn't pay extra for anything and yeah. see how many people actually came up with that True, response. True, good point. But uh, this week's random winner from our poll is Samantha Elizabeth. You get a $25 Disney gift card, or $50. Will you do 50 or 25 for the for the... For the poll suggestions, I believe it's fifty. Fifty dollars. Fifty dollars. You know what I find Wait, interesting? Twenty-five. Twenty-five. Right? It's, yeah, it's twenty-five. I'm sorry. Twenty-five dollar Disney gift card for yeah. Why? Why is the exchange rate different in California? I just, <laughs> no, I'm I'm delirious from running around this resort for seven days. Uh, twenty-five dollar Disney gift card going out to Samantha Elizabeth. Yeah. Which whatever it is normally, if it's I'll figure it out before I send it, but twenty five or fifty. I don't know why I'm having a, a moment here. <laughs> but before thank we you. move on from the poll thing though, I was gonna say one thing I think is interesting is that rather than people wanting to pay for an exclusive event, you know, something like Harambe Nights or Village Soiree Soiree, pretty much all of the things people voted on were to get a leg up on doing the normal things that every park guest does. <coughs> right. With the first one being that front of the line access, which kind of points to the idea that maybe Universal's way of handling the quote unquote fast pass is what people are looking for because that's what they're doing over there. You pay for a pass that gets you front of the line access. Right. Maybe. Maybe. Indeed. Maybe. I, but I don't know. But our poll for next week or for this week I should say uh, with the 60th since we're out here in Disneyland with the 60th anniversary of Disneyland Fast approaching on May 22nd when are you coming to Disneyland I'm not planning to visit I'm coming this year to celebrate the 60th anniversary I'm coming next year in 2016 or I'm coming sometime in the future but don't have plans yet we released this poll a little while ago, and right now, 56% of the respondents saying they are coming this year to celebrate the oh, 60th cool. anniversary. Wow. With and, f- and Tom and I will be here waiting to greet you. <laughs> and 15% say they're coming next year. Uh, 25% said they're coming sometime in the future, but have no plans yet. Only 3.7% right now are saying they have no plans to visit. Wow. So now it's a small sample because we just great. launched it a little while ago, but... Um, that's a that usually a, tells us the direction that it'll take. Yeah, yeah. Usually, early on, it finds a finds a direction and stays with it. Every so yeah. often, it switches. But um, so that's the that's the uh, poll for 
this coming week. Go to Diz Unplugged, or I'm sorry, go to Facebook.com slash Diz Unplugged to participate in the poll. Every week we select one person at random and give that person a, yeah, it's a $25 Disney gift card. Okay. Because um, that's what I always say. Right? <laughs> You're all there in the room with me every week. <laughs> I've messed it up so many times. Um, and uh, we also want your poll suggestions. Go to disunplugged.com slash contact and you can leave us a voicemail right from that page or you can send us, fill out the little form, send us an email, tell us what you, what you would like to see as a poll. But it has to be a fully formed idea. I don't just want a sentence. You have to give me the poll idea and the choices. Right. So if I'm going to do that, because if I'm going to give you a gift card, then if I <laughs> you use your poll, you get a gift card too. But I've got to, I'm not going to do any work if I'm paying for this. So um, we've been getting a lot of poll suggestions, but keep sending them in. We're keeping a list so that if there's a week where I don't have an idea, I can draw from draw from yours. So, all right, let's talk a little bit about our week out here. Now, for those of you who've been listening for the last few weeks, you know that um, we decided that we were going to come out here and do something similar to what we do in Orlando for our Seven Resorts in Seven Days series. Um, Actually, as we have been out here and doing it, the idea has kind of morphed and grown quite a bit. So we're not only covering seven resorts, we're covering a lot of stuff while we're out here. And uh, this, uh, this seg- these segments, the shows that we're going to do for this, will be going live uh, on our site May 22nd, coordinate, uh, coinciding with the start of the 60th anniversary out here. And we will be running for seven days. We'll be featuring different resorts around the area. Of course, we're covering the three Disney Resorts out here, the Grand Californian, the Disneyland Hotel, and Paradise Pier, as well as four select off-property good neighbor hotels that are right near right near Disneyland. They are the Residence Inn, Anaheim, the Sheridan Park, the Hilton, the Anaheim Hilton, and the Hojo Anaheim. And so that's been grueling, to be honest with you. Uh, although the, the off-properties weren't, weren't bad to cover because... It's a little, they're smaller than yeah. these hotels, but uh, we worked with the uh, production staff here at Disneyland to take us around and let us film and do all that good stuff. That's cool. And I got to tell you, these were the best guys. Uh, Donnie Hall, um, who was in charge of setting everything up for us, and his team, Calvin and uh, Craig and Dustin. They have a Craig and Dustin. Yeah, they have yeah. a Craig. We, we had that a Craig was and confusing. Dustin. Yeah. yeah, it was. <laughs> uh, were just spectacular. Just spectacular. And just were so hospitable and so nice. And we just had a great time. We had a great time going around with them. But we were getting up. We had a, we had a start at 545 <laughs> in the morning. And that's Still pretty tough when it. you go to bed at 2. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For you on St. Patrick's well, Day. Well, yeah, you had to go out and get drunk on well, St. Patrick's, St. Patrick's Day. Day. And then it's his name I had a green sports coat. I had to. was whining the entire day <laughs> the next day about how tired he was and how bad he felt. I'm like, I got no pity for you. Um, but uh, it has been it has been really awesome uh, out here. You know, every time I am here, I just I, I catch myself saying out loud, God, I love it here. Mm-hmm. I love it here. If you are a Disney fan and you love Walt Disney World, I make you this promise. I make you this promise. 
you will love Disneyland. Oh, yeah. It is such a different experience. Familiar to us, to be sure. Lots of familiar touches, lots of familiar things. But it is, it's it's just, it's the original. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the history. It's just, it's so good out here. I just, you know, when I walk down the street, like in the early morning, I it's almost like I can picture Walt Disney walking alongside of me. You just get that feeling that he's Yes, here. but you're also delusional. Well, <laughs> hey, but it's like, that's that's why I like it here. It's like, this is where it all started. If you're a Disney fan... Disney sees dead people. <laughs> <laughs> I won't tell you what he says then. <laughs> I think Walt as Disney a- says, you've got a purdy mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say for all the uh, the regular Disney World fans coming out to Disneyland, one of the things that's really cool is that, like you're saying, there's that sense of familiarity, but there's also a sense of new discovery. Mm-hmm. Walking down Main Street, it feels like you're walking into your living room, but someone's rearranged the furniture. Mm. And so for yeah. that reason, there's a lot of things for a pro Disney World fan that they can enjoy as far as exploration, discovery, and then also one of the things that struck me out here, I know that uh, Walt Disney World has evolved many time, uh, a lot over the years, just even since I was you know little, and um, it feels like you know Disney World. Well, Disney World does it accommodates the masses, and here it seems more of a personal. Type oh, it's experience. so much more intimate here. Yeah, I feel like they still have um, have a hold on. The, the quaintness and the coziness and the personal experience that I used to experience when I was a little girl. Um, so for that reason, this trip has been wonderful for me. Um, even though it's my second, even though it's only, you know, it's my second trip in a way, it feels very sentimental um, because I, I feel like I'm touching on something that I've t- I touched on when I was very little. But at the same time, it's completely new. Right. Well, you should have been there the other day. I was the first one through the turnstiles. At Disneyland, and I was like a little kid. The park was closed. (laughs) (laughs) It was just escorted out. You know, it was just so neat to think I'm standing at the gate, you know, getting ready to go into Disneyland. How many five year olds did you take out? (laughs) I was first. I didn't have to. Yeah, and that's a cool feeling. You know, when we do the Adventures by Disney backstage magic trips, we get in before they open the park, and that experience of walking down Main Street. And there's nobody there. Mm-hmm. And it's just so quiet and peaceful and so cool. Oh, my God. It's such a great experience. Um, Will, this is your first time out here. Yeah. It's, and, uh, you know, what's your takeaway right now? All right. Honestly, I'm dying to go ride some stuff because we've been nothing uh, doing nothing but work, work, work. So I haven't really had that opportunity yet. Uh, we rode it to small. You had time in the parks. You just wanted to take pictures. That's all. Um, I got to go through Cars Land. Make it sound like I'm dragging you around <laughs> here. No, I uh, I just want to take some time to go and experience you know some things that I haven't had the chance to do yet. Weather's been awesome out here. The convenience of everything uh, being so close is really cool, and I feel like. While Disneyland may be a little smaller, some may say, I feel like you can appreciate more detail 
that way mm-hmm. um, for me personally. So uh, it's been awesome so far. I, um, I I can't help but notice every time I come out here, the gap in service between world and land is more and more obvious to me. Uh, being this place is not overrun with college program cast members. And again, I'm really not beating up on college program. There's a lot of really great college mo- program cast members. The problem is, there's just a lot more that don't that 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 aren't. And it has really having sixty percent of our of, of Disney World staffed by temporary help has really affected this level of service. And then you come out here, and these are people who are not college program, who are invested in this park and in this place, who have a sense of the legacy, a sense of the history, a sense of what makes it special, and they take a personal stake in it. Definitely, you and will definitely it tell. is just it has, and the gap between those two experiences has widened dramatically for me over the years. And we have cast members who have been here thirty, forty, fifty. In one case, fifty-nine years, um, and they're they're just so proud of this park and so proud to be a part of Disneyland. And it's they see themselves as part of of Walt's legacy, and, and they I think are that shows in in the service they provide. That's but what then, I was thinking. That it's very clear that they have a very great sense of pride in their, you know, job, in their product, in their service. But I had a cast member yesterday that went. He saw my phone case and he went, "Who's the purple dragon?" <laughs> so he was a lucky cast member that got to learn all about Figment yesterday. Three and a half hours. Yep. Yep. <laughs> she now sat down knows. and lectured him on Figment. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't let him go to the bathroom. But then I also had a, a really unique seat to a great um, guest interaction with a cast member when I was sitting in the Plaza Inn the other day, so much so that I, um, Tom and Michael had told me about um, Disney has a, a Twitter account called at Disneyland today. And I reported this cast member on what an awesome job he did for these guests at the table. And Disney wrote back and said, hey, what's his name? We want to recognize him. Now, we don't have that at World. That's a good point. No, I will say that account, Disneyland Today, they're very good with their social media. Mm-hmm. The last time I did come out here, um, they're just very up. I don't know if it's because this is more of a locals park that they do this rather than the, um, you know, the, the masses that come to Walt Disney World. But like the last time I was out here, they tweeted out on their Twitter account, everybody come to such and such a location in Disney California Adventure. We're passing out free pins for yeah, something that just was going on. on randomly that day. Um, and, and everybody mm-hmm. came and got their pin and responded. When when you work with Disney on the business end, the way I do with Through Dreams, and you deal with Disneyland and Disney World, you eventually come to the conclusion that they are two entirely separate companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously for a lot, and there are on a number of levels, that makes perfect sense. Disney World is much larger. Yeah. It is a much bigger operation. They deal with far more people coming through the parks, coming through the resorts. So of course, there's going to be a lot of differences in the operation. I, I certainly get that. But there are things i think there are things disneyland can get away with that disney world couldn't um could you if disney world had that twitter account i think it would be there would be a lot of negative oh yeah oh yeah um and so i think that may be the reason they don't do it um 
but you know we talk about the crowds at world and we talk about the lines and stuff like that and the lack of intimacy i hear that a lot um about world and i'm not going to say there aren't crowds out here because there are oh there are and there i'm not going to say there aren't lines out here because they there are but they have legacy fast pass for those of you who missed that and there is an intimacy, even with the crowds, even with the lines. There is an intimacy to this place and the personal, a personal experience here that is just, it's refreshing. It's like, I think that's the word that comes to my mind is that it's a refreshing experience. Don't get me wrong. I love Walt Disney World. I love Walt Disney World. I love our Magic Kingdom. I love Epcot. I kind of like Animal Kingdom. I tolerate Hollywood Studios. I love our resorts. I love what we're doing. I love. I wish it would happen faster, but I love Walt Disney World. I'm not. I'm not saying that at all. This, but you know what? I, it's possible to love both mm-hmm. oh, and it experience is. both and appreciate the differences and what they do well out here that either they don't do or can't do out in Orlando and vice versa. You know, mm-hmm. Orlando has the luxury of size and of space, and uh, Disneyland has been forced to make do with those limitations. And the creativity that has gone into that restri- into those limitations and restrictions is amazing. It's really impressive. When you uh, you talk about the intimacy of it, I, it really, you know, I've always felt that. But you know, the uh, the other day when we had character breakfast at PCH Grill. The seeing the character interaction and how intimate of an experience that was mm-hmm. for for us and and all the families around. I mean, there was there was Mickey, Minnie, Daisy, Stitch, um, Pluto, and it seems like every child was getting a one on one with them, and mm. like, they weren't being forced to like r- jump to the next table. It, it's it was very intimate, and I think that was uh, that, that's a big plus. You see a little bit more of that in the parks as well. I mean, people do line up to greet the characters for sure, but then you'll also catch them just kind of walking around and and meandering a little bit as well. It's not so assembly line you know, all I, the time. I was sitting down in the lobby the other day calling Katie, and I'm there like, there comes Dale. Here comes me. Randomly. Yes, with no handlers, no nothing. And I'm like, oh, this is so cool. And I just sat there and more characters kept coming out. You were excited to see Dale? Yeah, I got a selfie with Chip. <laughs> it was my my one and only selfie this trip. And Jenny Lynn has gotten selfies with every single visitor to the park. <laughs> that woman, that woman can take selfies like a pro. I mean, my lord in heaven, she has constantly got that camera pointed at her face, <laughs> and then she purses lessons. her lips. She does the whole. Five different poses the fish that I lips. Re- rotate regularly. <laughs> well, the last couple days on my Facebook page, if anybody's my Facebook, I've been, you know, like giving little snapshots of what things were like yeah. out here. And this morning they were playing, um, it's a great big beautiful tomorrow as I was walking down, you know, I said, I'm on my way to work. And I'm like, how cool is that? That I'm like, you know, I'm working, but I'm enjoying the parks too, but you know, I've gotten a lot of people that said, you know, I had never thought about wanting to come to Disney World, Disneyland until you 
started posting, you know, like mm-hmm. the different attractions that I was at. So I hope a lot of people, after they listen to all our shows, decide they want to come out here because you, you don't know what you're missing. This oh, is really we, we've been doing little nuggets of that on uh, the Instagram yeah. or the Diz Instagram account too. It's we we ended up resurrecting it on this trip. Yeah, we hadn't been using and, it much, and we. We've been having a lot of fun doing that. So, you know, it's, of course, it's a plug, the Diz, dot in between the and Diz um, on Instagram. So if you're on Instagram, but we've been sharing some of those to Facebook, too. So if you kind of want to check them out. But it's fun. We, you yeah. know, doing this, it's fun to latch on to something else, social, um, and having a good time with that. Well, I think much of what you're feeling, too, is is that we we feel, I mean, Walt's spirit is still prevalent mm-hmm. in the park. I mean, when you think about it, when you walk in, his apartment where he used to wake up and look out and watch the guests come in, watch the train go by, um, you know, it's still there with his lamp on. There's a lot of guests, when they come in, they walk by that apartment and say, good morning, Walt, right. when they come into the park. Wow. When they leave at night, they actually walk by the apartment and say, good night, Walt, Thank you. I mean, when you're walking down Main Street and you think this is the same street that in the morning Walt got out his his um, all his keys in his bathrobe and his slippers and padded on down to the sun-kissed citrus house, opened the door, made um, made fresh orange juice for himself, <laughs> and then if he saw any workers out there, invited them in and made them orange <laughs> juice and asked them about so what what's going on in a park tell me about what you do and 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 when you think because this park was built by walt Mm -hmm. i mean there wasn't one thing in here he didn't approve of Mm -hmm. that's very different from disney world which i also love but that was a park built by a committee and um and and there's something about our park because Walt touched virtually everything in it. Even many of our attractions, they were they were built after he died, but they were on the drawing board when he was with us. And that's what is so special. And that's why if you're if you're a Disney Worlder, to feel that uniqueness and speciality, to feel Walt, you've got to come here. And it will be like you're visiting a brand new Disney park. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. And yeah. how often do you get to do that in your life, to experience something familiar that is completely different? Yeah, I've had, um, you know, I've been out here a number of times, but I had my bucket list of items that I wanted to do, and I think I'm pretty much there now. Um, but California Adventure and the whole Cars Land area, I definitely, you know, I wanted to see that. And Michael took me in a, a special way to to show me how to get there. And just just that whole area, it's like, wow. You know, I want to say that my week out here has sort of been like a religious experience, but even that doesn't do it justice because... It's. I got to experience Disneyland and California Adventure. I got to see like, like some of the attractions were like old friends because we have them at World. But then I got to see like how they did it differently out here. Yeah. But just the just the whole thing. It's it's been an amazing week. And I've decided after my week of taking you all on different history tours of yep. the park, I'm now going to wear plaid and carry a riding yes, crop. Yes, you should. You should. <laughs> yes, you should. Yeah, walking around the parks with Michael is a singular experience. For those who are not familiar, Michael is our historian, our Disney historian. The man has 
a an absurd amount of information stored in his head that is fascinating. And you walk around with him, and he just kind of points things out. He's not trying. It just, as I said to him before the show, this stuff just falls out of you, doesn't it? He's a Disney walking Wikipedia. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he is. And he does history. You do history segments on the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged, so you should absolutely go check those out. And you're, of course, regular uh, regular member of the team on the uh, on the Disneyland show. And uh, it's 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 incredible to to hear the stories that he comes out with. Um, you just even you know what you were just saying about how Walt would you know go down the street in his bathrobe and slippers and make orange juice for himself and. Any workers in the park? That's just so cool. Um, those little tidbits are are, are awesome. But what about you, Tom? You're awfully silent. We're talking about your park here. I know. I, you know, I was my my comment was going back to when we were talking about the seven and sevens, and I'm really glad this trip. You guys are getting a chance to check out some of the good neighbor hotels. Yeah, because that's a really big difference from Walt Disney World. Whereas you have how many hotels back there? Thirty. Well, it's like 20 or 21 official Disney okay, hotels. Official. And we have three. Yeah. So a much of lodging is in off-property hotels. And you know, was it yesterday we walked back from the residence in Mary? How was that walk? That walk was beautiful. I yeah. mean, easy. And easy. Very quick. Five-minute walk. Right. So some of the good neighbor hotels are, and I'm sure we'll talk about this a lot when we do the, when we do the segments, but... Some of the good neighbor hotels are closer than walking from the Paradise Pier. Right. Walt did not have the money to buy up all the land the way he did when he bought Disney World. He was, you know, had to do this on a comparative shoestring. So the other hotels that cropped up here literally across the street uh, in a lot of cases, most of them are within walking distance. And the ones that aren't have like lots of really good transportation options, unlike what we have Mm -hmm. so you know you can do this without renting a car although i would strongly recommend having a car out here just because there's so much in southern california to see but we'll get into that stuff when we do our segments but um it's uh it's always a pleasure to be out here i i am very very fortunate that i get to come out here uh, as often as i do usually it's when we're doing the backstage magic this has been very special in that I've gotten to see things that I don't normally get to see, like the off-site hotels. Uh, we got to see some suites in the Disney hotels here. You guys are going to lose your mind when we put out these photos oh, and videos. Man. You're going to lose your mind. Incredible suites. We have nothing in Walt Disney World to compare to these suites. It was ridiculous. So very, very excited about all that. But uh, like I said, we are going to be doing a whole series of shows the week of May 22nd. And of course, between now and then, you can absolutely get your Disneyland fix and learn more about Disneyland on the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. Broadcast live every Sunday, 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific with uh, new shows going up on Monday and segments going up on Tuesday. Subscribe to them on iTunes, disunplugged.com. You can find them there as well. And that is going to do it for this episode of our show. We hope you enjoyed it, and we'll be back with you again next week with another edition of the Dis Unplugged. Thanks for being with us, everyone. And remember, come to Disneyland. (laughs) 